The following is a fourth-hand production. Obsessed with UFOs and extraterrestrials? Convinced there's a chupacabra in your backyard? Is your doppelganger ruining your life? Do you love all things haunting-related? If you answered yes to any, or none of these, then these are the mostly sensical, slightly drunken ramblings for you? Question mark? I'm Emily. And I'm Joel. We're the hosts of Drink Drunk Dead. Join us, our two cats, Emma and Otto, and our house ghost, every week as we have a few drinks, discuss all things paranormal, and and raise raise a a toast toast to to our our ghosts. Hey guys, welcome back to State of Fear, episode number 27 for the great state of Montana. Montana, yes. No, not Joe Montana, the great actor. <laughs> this is Montana. Uh, yes, the sultry voice you heard is my good friend James. What's up, everybody? Good Man, to be back doing this again. It's great to be back doing that. Uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and announce our uh, brand new Patreon. Must we? Yes, yes we, we do. Shall. Yeah, we have to. We have to promote this shit. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we have a Patreon now. Um, I will be posting the links to that, actually, on our social media, probably first thing in the morning after this recording. And you can actually go to our uh, all of our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, and find links to them there. Or you can go to patreon.com, state of fear, all one word, and find our Patreon and um, subscribe to one of our wonderful tiers. And uh, we have three tiers, range from a dollar to five dollars, ten dollars. They all they all have great content. That they do indeed. And we will be adding to it constantly, and we will be adding all kinds of goodies. So you never know what you're going to get. By the time you hear this episode, we will at least have something posted. There to will the be Patreon. something up there. That is yeah. correct. It's a great way to go help us out. And uh, everything that you uh, uh, donate or subscribe to, uh, all the money goes towards back into the show. It goes back into the show uh, for guests, research, supplies, supplies, uh, yeah, equipment all kinds of upgrades, stuff. anything we need. Yep. We sure appreciate any Books, help. Subscriptions for websites yeah. if we need research. Uh, all of it goes right back to the show. So it, it's a great way to help us out if you um, enjoy the show. Now, if you see me driving a Ferrari, 
Uh, just ignore that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's from his other secret of money he has offshore somewhere. So it's, it's definitely not from from the Patreon of this one. At least not yet. Maybe later, but not right now. You never know. Yeah. So to but yeah, go go subscribe on um, Patreon if you want, please. Um, we'll appreciate it. Go uh, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Twitter. On yeah. all of them. Um, just look up State of Fear Podcast. You'll find us uh, under all those and, and uh, follow us. We don't have a website yet because we're kind of lazy in that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll get one at some point. We're not worried about it right now. <laughs> uh, don't forget, we still have the review giveaway going on. Um, yes. Just go give us a review and send us a screenshot. Email it to stateoffearpodcast at gmail.com, and we will send you a vintage collectible 1996 X-Files postcard. Yes. And we've already had a couple people who have done that, and we thank you very much. And we will send you your postcards. Actually, by the time this comes out, you should have them already. As they say, while supplies last. So don't yes. miss out on yours. That's right. And uh, I also want to say thank you to all the people who have gone already to review on Apple. We appreciate y'all. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much. Everybody's very, been very kind, kind words. Very kind. Uh, yeah. We, we, and we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into the show. But before we do that, let's do some um, fun facts about the great state, the 44th largest population state in the U.S. Yes. It's a very large state. Hardly any people. Yes. Sounds yeah. sounds like a good place to live to me. Lots of lots uh, of I have a very good friend up th- yeah, I have a very good friend up there. Uh mm-hmm. my buddy Mike, he is a postal worker. Okay. Uh and I can't remember what exactly he lives. I feel ashamed for that fact. Somewhere. But uh beautiful state. Yeah. I've been there a few times. They have some pretty cool stuff. They have this uh candy that I really like. It's called moose poop. Um, it is sounds uh, wonderful. It's chocolate and caramel with crunchies in it. It's good stuff. Of course, you know. <laughs> and then it's got to have also, a great name, though. It just can't well, be called yeah. caramel candy. And then they have what's called Moose Drool, which is a pale ale beer, mm. which is a little bit thicker than regular beer, okay. but it's 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 actually pretty good. I don't really drink much, but I had to try it. It's pretty funny. So, But it, it, like I said, it's a gorgeous state. Oh, yeah. It looks gorgeous from the pictures that I've seen. Yep. Um, but let's 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 get into some of the facts. So, the origin name of Montana comes from the Spanish word for mountainous. Montana offers almost 28 million acres of public lands, almost 30 percent of the state's total acreage. That is awesome. Montana also has more different species of mammals than any other state in the U.S. There are approximately 100 species of mammals, including elk, bighorn sheep, caribou, and bobcats. That's crazy. The Yellowstone River is the longest free-flowing, undammed river in the contiguous United States. The longest river in the U.S. by miles. The Missouri River begins in Montana at the Three Forks, the intersection of the Gallatin, Madison, and Jefferson River. Wow. The famous ghost town Bannock was founded in 1862 during the largest Western gold rush since the California gold rush in 1848. It was the first capital of Montana Territory until the capital was moved to Virginia City. Nice. The famous fly fishing movie, A River Runs Through It, focuses on the Blackfoot River in Montana, but most of the fishing footage was shot on Montana's Gallatin River. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think you are. I think that sounds right to me. It looks right. I mean, yep. you know, phonetically. The largest observed snowflake fell during a storm in 1887 Montana. It was measured at 15 inches wide. Holy crap. That is a huge, 
one snowflake. snowflake. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if like the whole storm was that size? Man, that's crazy. That'd be crazy. Tufts Love Rex, a giant Tyrannosaurus skeleton, was found in 2016 in Hell Creek, Montana. I like that name. That's a good name. Yeah. It is only one of 15 virtually intact T-Rex skeletons and one of the largest ever found. Awesome. And last but not least, Glacier National Park has 250 lakes in its boundaries. I love Glacier National Park. Speaking of Glacier National Park, that is the uh, area of today's story. That is fantastic. Yeah. But before that, why don't we get into your weird news of the day? Why not? Man, that music makes me proud to be an American. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> All right, what do we got for us today, James? Today's story comes from the website metro.co.uk. All right. Written by Zoe Druitt. Bless her heart. This is a good one. <laughs> Dated 26 May of 2020. Pretty recent. Title of the story is Man with Shoe Fetish Stole 126 Flip Flops So He Could Have Sex With Them. A hundred and 26 six <laughs> pairs of flip-flops <laughs> holy crap well you know here <laughs> takes all kinds right <laughs> it does man all right let's let's get into this funny funny sick story yes a man has been arrested in thailand for allegedly stealing his neighbor's shoes in order to have sex with them <laughs> gross three I'm going to do my best with this name. It's Therapot Klaya, 24 years old, had a fetish for flip-flops and was found with a staggering 126 pairs that he had pinched from the locals in Nothenbury, Central Thailand, police said. Officers identified Klaya using footage from a closed-circuit TV set up outside his latest alleged victim's home. Alleged. If he's running out with flip flops, they got him. It's real simple, you know. In Thailand, you don't wear shoes inside. So one second they're there, the next second they're gone. There's not really any alleged. They're actually victims. The shoes are victims. Flip flops are gone. They're the victim. Your shoe gone. Your shit got stolen. It's gone. You're a victim. Exactly. All right, go on. When they searched the man's home, they found his sprawling collection of shoes that he had claimed he had been collecting for more than two years. Wonder how many of them were Crocs. Who knows? A lot, probably. (laughs) Clia said he would wear them around his home as it turned him on, police claimed. He allegedly told officers that after several hours of wearing the flip-flops, he cuddled and kissed them. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stripping them off and rubbing them on his body. You got to leave that chuckling. Wow. Before having, quote-unquote, sex with them. (laughs) I think. That the, you know what some things in the world just have to be seen. It's I don't just, know. I don't. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. Are you saying you want to see a man have sex with a flip flop? No, but it would be. I'm just curious as to how. Okay. that is funny. All of them are well worn. He said. <laughs> I'm sure he's been working them pretty hard. Oh yeah. 
The vast array of footwear was laid out in front of the Nothenbury police station as part of a press conference on Monday. Clay admitted three charges of nighttime theft and snatching, possessing a digital transceiver without permission. What? <laughs> I didn't realize that was a... Uh... And violating the coronavirus curfew. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the least of your worries, pal. <laughs> anyway, Major Colonel Ekhop... I'm not even going to pronounce his last Ek- name. It Ek- looks Ek- like... Ekhop... They only got it in here once. I'm just going to say. Let me see. Prasit Watanachia. Prasit Watanachai. Prasit Watanachai. Prasit Watanachai. Nice. Very good. Told local media it was not Clio's first offense for similar acts. Oh, God. Oh, man. This poor guy. What would it used to be? Socks? Socks first? I mean, hell, I don't know. He said, after we arrested this suspect, we also found that he had already been arrested last year for stealing flip-flops in another district. Uh, <laughs> it's, always been, it's always been flip-flops. I guess. He just moves his crimes. I guess so. He fully admitted stealing the sandals for lewd purposes. So he will be detained at the station until a court appearance for prosecutors to decide on the next part of the legal process for him. First of all, they're probably having to think of what in the hell do you charge him with? Wow. That's, that's... Sex with a shoe is not really a crime. Yeah, they're obviously not going to charge him with the sex. It has to be the theft. They're going to be the theft, but it's also, I mean, I guess as long as he didn't do any of the lewd stuff in public... I think that that part's gonna be fine, but it's gonna be the theft, which is not gonna be very much. I think if anything, he'll he'll get more time for the possession of a digital transceiver without permission than he will for the. Shoot I theft. suppose. Well, anyway, that is the story, brother. That, that's funny. It I'm, caught my attention. It I'm, made me laugh, so I figured I'd want to share it with the folks. I'm sure uh, flip flops over there are like literally a dime a dozen. So probably the amount of of his actual. Uh, Stuff he had in his house is not going to be very much. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to really charge that much for that. But, wow, great yeah. story. Yeah, that, I'm going to tell you what, man. They they, they got some strange ones out Look, there. man, the name of the, of the segment is Weird News, and yeah. that is some of the weirdest. It qualifies, such most weird, definitely. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into something not as fun. Let's get into the main story. Right yeah, away. let's do that. get into the topic of today's episode which is the once so far only one time that two bears attacked two different people in one night in the state of montana with within like 90 minutes of each other and within less than less than 10 miles apart from each other that's crazy so i mean bear attacks are are i mean not, not as much now but back then they were very rare very rare. Very rare. I mean, uh, according to some statistics I found, uh, for example, between 2000 and 2015, there were only 664 bear attacks on people globally. Yeah. So it's still pretty rare, but not as rare as it was back then, of course. But uh, 
as always, who always screws things up for the wildlife? Man. Yes. Um, Humans. Yep. I I will let you get into your story, and I shall elaborate on specific subjects when we get to them, good sir. There were 40 bear attacks around the world every year, or there are 40 bear attacks. The number of attacks in California decreased by 99% between 1998 and 2019. That is actually amazing. Because they're vegetarians. I applaud them for, <laughs> for that. Nobody wants to chew on a, on, a, on a stock of broccoli. They want some meat. I think also at that time, that was when uh, mountain lions were, were increasing their attacks on Californians. Yeah, I yeah. think mountain lions were stealing their business. Because they're assholes. <laughs> there were only two fatal bear attacks on people in the Appalachian Trail between 2000 and 2016. That's it, two. Mm-hmm. There were only four fatal bear attacks in Ontario, Canada in the last 100 years. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. There weren't any wolf attacks on people in North America since 1998. You know, and that's funny. That is extraordinarily rare. It is. Um, it's, it's basically if they're instigated or trapped, that is when they attack. They don't just attack. Yeah. I want people to know that right now that, no, you're just not going to walk through the woods and, and a wolf pack's going to come and tear you to shreds or anything exactly. like that. Don't yeah. Don't pay attention to what you see in the movies. You know, uh, so for for comparison, uh, as as we mentioned, forty bear attacks around the world every year. On average, lions kill twenty two people per year. Yep. Sharks, hopefully poachers. Hopefully, yeah. Sharks kill at least six people per year. Go shark! So that's per year versus bear attacks around the world per year. I'm not pro death, but I am pro animal. Yeah, poachers. We've already, are, yeah, we've already invaded their space. We kill them. You know, for no good reason, a lot of times the hunting is one thing, but just trophy hunting. Yeah, I, I, I've, you know, yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I don't trophy hunt. When I've hunted in my life, mm-hmm. I hunted strictly for meat. Okay, yeah, that's just the way it is. I don't agree with just going out and blasting some animal, taking his horns, and leaving the rest laying around to go to waste. You gotcha, know? gotcha. I don't go for that. Gotcha. You, you go for the, the purposeful kill. Absolutely. Gotcha. If he's got a good rack, he might go on the wall, but the problem is the rest of them's going in the freezer. Going to be eaten. That's so correct. Got some good food right there, man. Uh, since Yellowstone was established in 1872, eight people have been killed by bears in the park. Uh, more people in the parks have died from drowning, where there were 121 incidents, burns um, falling to the springs of 21 mm-hmm. incidents, and suicide, 26 incidents that have been then have been killed by bears. Now, suicides. Mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of suicide. I'm sure it's anything from shooting themselves to hanging themselves in a tree, kind of like the Japanese suicide forest. You'll stand over Old Faithful and get blasted? Yeah, something Yeah, something like that, I mean, I'm sure. Jeez. So ju- just uh, the, there are, have been eight fatal bear attacks in Yellowstone since its, its inception. That's it. That's not bad. No, the first one happened in 1916. Uh, then your next one happened in 1942 when a bear killed a woman at night in the Old Faithful campground. Mm. Um, then, in, then 30 years later in June, 1972, another killing, you jump to J- July, 1984. And then you go two years later to October, 1986, where a photographer was killed by an adult grizzly bear near Otto Creek in Hayden Valley. Hence photographer probably got too close. Yeah. July, 2011 is when you go to the next one, which is a good, good amount of distance. But then they sort of, the next two get a little closer is August, 2011. And then August, 2015. So but that's just as more people into the park and stuff. But yes. even then, I mean, from from 1986 until 2015, there have been only four four fatal attacks by bears in Yellowstone, yes. which is not a lot. 
No, it is not. Yeah. And a lot of this, I will interject, as I often do, uh-huh. Uh-huh. is caused by human stupidity. Right. Bears don't just come creeping around. It is people leaving food out, people feeding the bears. Mm-hmm. You know, like all that stuff you see in the movie where they go down to the dumps or they go places and you see people throwing food out to the bears and stuff. That is a huge no-no. And I'm just asking everybody here who's listening to please always remember if you go out in the forest, uh-huh. don't feed the wildlife. Nope. They don't need you. Nope. They don't need you at all. Um, and all you're going to do is cost a bear or any other kind, or maybe a wolf or a mountain lion their life. Because if you bait them, they're going to come around. They're going to lose their fear of humans. This is why there were no attacks back then. You know, they were afraid. You know, you got to make noise around them. You got to do all this stuff. They'll stay away. But if you feed them, you make it easy for them. They, you know, and then you're going to come into a situation where you're going to surprise them or corner them and they will attack. You're also going to cost someone else their life. Yes. Because that person that the bear kills wouldn't have been killed if you hadn't been part of the problem. Exactly. So you're going to cost, you're going to cost someone their life. And then you're going to cost the bear the bear's life. Yep. Which is which is two unfortunate deaths that did not need to happen. Yep. See, I care about people's lives, but I care about the animals too. Yeah. Very much so. So let's get to Glacier National Park. On yep. average, there are only one or two non-lethal bear incidents in a given year. And there have only been 10 bear-related fatalities in the history of the park. And all those have occurred since 1967. Mm-hmm. Now, only three of these fatalities included hikers. And at least two of these were solo hikers. There haven't been any fatal bear attacks in Glacier National Park since 1998, according to bear attack statistics. The vast majority of bear attacks have occurred because people have surprised the bear. In this type of situation, the bear may attack as a defensive maneuver, which is... That's it. Duh, obviously. Exactly, yes. In rare cases, bears may attack at night or after stalking people. This can be very serious because it often means the bear is looking for food and is preying upon you. Also could mean that the bear is sick alien or is older and just doesn't have the ability to hunt like it used to yeah and and humans are easy targets absolutely now if you're attacked at night or if you feel like you have been stalked or attacked as prey try to escape if you can't escape or if the bear follows you use pepper spray if you have it or shout and try to intimidate the bear with a branch or rock do whatever it takes to let the bear know you are not easy prey now if you do surprise a bear here are a few guidelines to help you uh, survive the encounter yep Talk quietly or not at all. The time to make loud noise is before you encounter a bear. Try to detour around the bear if possible. Don't run. Do (laughs) not run. They will catch your ass. And and they run about 30, 35 miles an hour. They will catch you. They're extremely fast. And do not climb a tree. No. Because they will get up the tree. That is also extremely boneheaded. Let me get up a tree. Go on YouTube, watch a video of any bear, just say bear climbing tree, and you'll see how fast they can scale a a 30-foot tree. You climbing a tree is basically turning yourself into a shish kebab. Pretty much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You are a roasted marshmallow. That's right. That's right. You're Back away slowly, but stop if it seems to agitate the bear. Assume a non-threatening posture. Turn sideways or bend at the knees to appear smaller. Yep. Use peripheral vision. Bears may interpret direct eye contact as threatening. Mm Mm-hmm. Drop something, not food, to distract the bear. <laughs> but keep your pack on for protection in case of an attack. Yes. If the bear attacks and you have pepper spray, use it. Yes. If the bear makes contact, first thing you got to do is protect your chest and abdomen by falling on the ground 
on your stomach or assume a fetal position to reduce the severity of an attack. Cover the back cover your back with your neck cover the back of your neck with your hands and do not move until you're certain the bear is left. Which is a that's very difficult because if you lay perfectly still and they do leave you alone, they're going to bat you around. Right. They're going to bite you. Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you got to check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. You. they're gonna nibble they're gonna toss you around a little bit yeah uh it is gonna cause damage it, and it's scary because at some point you're gonna want to look up and that bear could be observing you for mm-hmm. movement yeah you move they're gonna jump on you again i've heard stories of this uh one guy killed a grizzly in montana with an arrow because that's all he had he was out bow hunting mm-hmm. or he's hiking and it got on him and he had to fight this thing off of this arrow but this thing had peeled the, the skin off his skull yep. i mean it tore him up i mean they're, they're they're huge creatures and you were talking about also making noise and stuff so a good tip is tie some tin cans that's what i used to do i've hiked in in those areas before uh tie tin cans to your backpack or your knapsack you make a ton of noise you'll never see one yeah they will avoid you at all costs they can hear you up to a mile or two miles away they can smell you, and they will leave you alone. Now, if you see cubs, cubs oh, do not flee it. from humans. Yeah. They don't. So if you see cubs, Mm-mm. turn around and get the hell out as fast as you can because no matter what you do, if mama shows up, she's going to attack you. Oh, yeah. yeah There's yeah. nothing you can do about no, that. No, you're, you're dead. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. There, there's um, Whenever we go uh, hiking or um riding bikes or whatever just at some of the trails we have around here you know there's no bears around here nope but um like you know people whenever we pass people sometimes we we hear like their music playing and and they have like speakers or whatever and it used to really piss me it's still kind of pissing me off because like i'm like nobody wants to hear your crappy music first of all you know (laughs) um but that would be an actually perfect time to carry one of those uh bluetooth speakers one of those jawbones or whatever Put on your backpack and just play your music as loud as you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, a lot of people might say, oh, it's going to disturb the peace or nothing. But when you're in a situation like that, it is dangerous. I will say that these parks have provisions in place. Mm -hmm. If you're hiking one of these loop trails, they can be up to 50, 60 miles long. They have designated stopping points that you're required by law, at least it used to be this way when I did it, you're required to stop. Okay. You're required to sign in at these points. They have pens out there in a sign-in book. If you disappear for any reason, they will follow the track. You know, if you haven't shown up in a certain amount of time, they will come yeah. look for you. They will check each point and see where you signed in last. So if you disappear between site three and site four, mm-hmm. they'll look in between site three and four for either a steaming pile of bear crap with a pair of sunglasses in it, or they will try to find your injured body. Right. It narrows it down because these places are so massive and unpopulated that it makes it easier for them to narrow the search. And so, so if you're injured lost. or lost, yeah. it'll make it easier to find them. But that's why they do it. Yeah, that, and that, that's a great tip. So make sure you do that. Please. Yeah. And so we, we say all of this to point out the fact that not only are 
bear attacks rare now or rare not as rare as they were back then but back then they were super rare and so to have one bear one lethal bear attack was you know stunning enough yes it was sad enough but for one night in the in, in a span of a few hours two people would lose their lives in the same park by two different bears yep in the space of less than 10 miles apart that's crazy that has never happened before and has yet to happen since but it was probably by it was probably triggered by a fatal mistake which i'm sure we'll get to here let's do it so (laughs) it's a story as tragic as it is unimaginable now glacier national park had never recorded a fatal grizzly bear attack since its creation in 1910 but that all came to an abrupt halt in the summer of 1967 in a matter of hours two grizzly bears had acted as they never had before in the park's 57 year history Several miles apart, each bear had mauled a young woman on the same day in the dark, early hours of August 13th. Two 19-year-olds, Julie Hegelson from Minnesota and Michelle Coons from California, were both asleep under the big sky of northwest Montana when grizzly bears found them and carried them off. The incident is haunting not only for its place as the first tragedy of this sort in the park, but because Coons and Hegelson were killed by two different bears in two different areas of the park. To this day, the terrible coincidence can't be fully explained. The improbability of two separate fatalities brought a host of theories as to the cause, from thunderstorms and wildfires to cosmetics and menstrual cycles. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene That's from funny. Anchorman. It's funny, but it's true. Yeah, that scene from Anchorman I'm, just always pops in my head. I know. You know? It's I mean, crazy. Yeah. The bears can smell their menstruation. They can, and that's what's scary about it. So yeah. it's it's also another tip if you're currently in that particular if, that, if you're if you're having your period, you know don't you, go in the forest. Don't go in the forest. Yeah, please at least or stay in the lodge or something. Uh, there was lightning the night Michelle Coons and Julie Hegelson died, so much so that for a time it was believed to have contributed to what happened to the young women. Although the attacks bore some similarities, the bears involved and their motivations appeared to be different significantly. But according to former Glacier Park Ranger Dave Shea, the event was inevitable. Bears were lured by garbage left in high-use areas, sometimes uh-huh. intentionally, until they were a pitch. <laughs> Sorry. And, no, you're fine. I just, I just. I know. And, until they were habituated to associate humans with food. Yeah. Idiots. Garbage littered popular campsites and was even used to lure bears into populated areas for the delight of visitors. Ugh. That I'm, I'm t- that's oh my god. The deaths of Michelle Coons <laughs> and Julie Hegelson, who were both 19 year old seasonal park employees, brought confusion and disbelief. A firestorm of headlines followed with reports of purposely feeding bears at Granite Park Chalet and generally lax garbage and bear management park wide. The coverage culminated when author Jack Olson penned an article and book memorializing the events as, quote, the night of the grizzlies a title that stands to this day. Hey listeners, are you a fan of true crime? If you are listening to this podcast, then you most certainly are. During these strange times, are you looking for a new true crime podcast? Then you have found your new true crime obsession. My podcast, Riddle Me That True Crime, covers both older cases as well as current ones. I cover both well-known and more obscure cases such as the strange death of Blair Adams, the cyanide coffee murder of Myrna Salihin, and the disappearance of Sri Lanka's richest man, Upali Wijewardene. 
Riddle Me That True Crime is available on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. Now back to the show. Granite Park Chalet stands sentry at Timberline over the twisting valley below, backed by a sawtooth ridge separating west and east sides of the park. On August 12, 1967, Hegelson and Coons, both 19 at the time, embarked on respective overnight backpacking trips. I was literally one year old. Are you a baby? Just a kiddo. I've just been bursted. Both were spending the summer working in one of the park's lodges, Hegelson and East Glacier Lodge and Coons and West Glacier's Lake McDonald Lodge. Hegelson was from Albert Lee, Minnesota, and came to Glacier for the summer to work in the laundry at the East Glacier Park Lodge. Her friend, 18-year-old Roy Ducat, also worked in the lodge as a busboy. Now, Granite Park Chalet was full that day, meaning there were no, no occupancies. None. So, Roy and Julie headed to a spot about 500 yards from the building. The pair set out to camp 20 miles east of Trout Lake in an undesignated spot about a quarter of a mile from the Granite Park Chalet on August 12th. The spot they chose was very near the path where bears trailed in to feed on the garbage left out for them. Yipe. Mistake number one. Yeah. That is, again, a human mistake. Yep. And working there, they should know that. They should know that, yes. They should have been informed of such things. Yeah. Hegelson's path was surrounded by vistas of glacial valleys and mountain peaks. Her excursion took her from Logan Pass, roughly eight miles up the popular Highline Trail, to the Granite Park Chalet. She and Roy arrived at about 7 p.m., ate their sack dinners, and watched the sunset before retiring for the night. Sack dinner? Yeah. I guess they, they, okay. didn't, have, they didn't have Lunchables back then. So. I, I guess not. <laughs> no MREs? Man. No on, MREs. Man. Nope. They're, they're civilians, man. Oh, man. Shay said these were unusual situations. There was all this garbage there, for one thing, and this young couple came to the chalet, and they were told not to camp down there. They were told this is where the bears come through every night. But they were young and in love and both sleeping in the same bag. So it was it literally was their fault because they were told. Yeah. They were warned in advance. Yeah, and but they when still do still did it. When do teenagers ever listen? They all think they're invincible. Uh, yeah. After the incident, Ducat told Rangers he was awakened by Hegelson whispering to him that there was a bear nearby and he needed to stay still. But the bear still approached. First it pounced on Hegelson. Then it pounced <laughs> on Ducat, biting and clawing him. He told rangers he tried to stay still. When the bear stopped, he got up and ran to a group of nearby campers. <laughs> Good job. What a hero. Get up and run. Leave her there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Nice guy. The bear turned its attention back to Hegelson. Ducat and the campers could hear her screams trail away as the bear dragged her into the woods. Oh, Lord. Shay said it took people a while to find her, but eventually she was found alive about 400 feet from where she and Ducat were sleeping. Hegelson was brought back to the chalet the chalet <laughs> the chalet the chalet chalet the chalet, the chalet. Um, Hegelson was brought back to the chalet where rangers radioed for a helicopter to come and take her 40 air miles away to the hospital in Kalispell however she passed away before the helicopter arrived oh yeah probably bled out there was nothing they could do for the girl Shay said she wasn't as badly torn up as the one at the lake but she died of blood loss and of shock a doctor on the scene who happened to be staying at the chalet that evening said the puncture wounds to her throat and lungs were fatal. Yipe. <clears throat> Hence, 
Cover yourself. Yes. Roll up in a ball. As we mentioned. Protect your vital organs. Put your hands over your neck, over yeah. the back of your neck, and cover and go in the fetal If they claw at them. your back, they'll tear you up, but they'll hit your shoulder blades, your backbone, stuff like that. Yeah. Your hip bones, things like you that. You have better chance of surviving that way. Yeah. Later on in the night, as people at the chalet were trying to process what happened, a flashlight was shown into the garbage below the chalet. A bear was seen feeding on the refuse. Huh. Shay arrived on the scene on August 14th. I was basically told by the folks in Washington, D.C. to kill any bears I saw coming in for the garbage. By the time it was said and done, Shay killed three bears, including a sow that had two cubs. See, now that is complete and utter crap. It is not their fault, but they lose their lives because of stupidity. Because of people, yeah. And that's exactly why they did it. Like in my little town up in Colorado where my house is, Mm -hmm. they are very strict about not feeding the bears. They've got all the cans locked so the bears can't do it. They had to eliminate it because we had a bear problem there for years. And they started tagging them. And if they came back a Mm -hmm. second time, they'd get put down. That's sad. It's ridiculous. They're just trying to eat. But just like any living creature, they're going to take the easy way out. If you've got a fully cooked dinner sitting here, and then you've got all the ingredients sitting on a table, and you have to cook, you're going to sit down and eat the one that's already cooked. You're not going to go and do all the hard hard work. work. Exactly. Yeah. So, gee, many Christmas. Identifying the bear responsible for Hegelson's death was not as easy as it had been at Trout Lake. However, Shea said he was fairly certain the sow and cubs he shot at the chalet were the culprits. I don't think there were human remains found, but since she had the cubs and she had blood on her claws, she was probably the bear, Shea said. Coons was from San Diego and was working in the park as a gift shop saleswoman during the summer of 1967. On Saturday, August 12th, she set out with Paul Dunn, Ray Nosek, Ron Nosek, and Denise Huckle and Coons' dog, Squirt, to Trout Lake. Squirt. I love it. Great name for a dog. I love that. Even at that time, dogs were not allowed in the park. Only a week prior to Coons' outing in the lake, a troop of Girl Scouts hiking in the area was chased by a bear. The bear stole some of the girls' food and then moved on. It probably stole a bunch of boxes of Girl Scout cookies, I was going to say, they took them cookies. Man. (laughs) I just, you know what? They ran into freaking Yogi Bear. Yeah. Who stole all the damn cookies. Give me that picnic basket. Give me them Girl Scout cookies. No one was injured. A few weeks before that, the Hungry Horse News ran a photo of what is believed to be the same bear, though they misidentify as a black bear because of its small size. The bear was known to be troubled long before August 12, 1967. That bear had been hanging around at the head of Lake McDonald, where there was a private outfit called Kelly's Camp, Shea said. It was going back and forth, getting into garbage there. That was the same bear. We knew there was something not quite right about it. As Coons and her friends hiked to Trout Lake, they also crossed paths with a group that warned them about the bear they saw in the area. Management never sought to euthanize the unhealthy problem bear. In those days, the management philosophy was different, Shay said. Looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. something we should have done. Today, that bear would have been a goner. Yeah. When Coons and her family arrived at the camping spot, the bear was quick to make its first appearance. The hungry sow approached the group's campsite and stole some of their food and left to search a nearby log jam. The friends decided to move their site closer to the shore of the lake and lit a bonfire to ward off any further encounters. At night, they settled into their sleeping bags under the stars and went to sleep. Then, the bear returned. Huckle told rangers she awoke to the bear sniffing her bag. 
It was close enough for her to see its face in the dark and feel its breath on her skin. Do you know why, dumbass? Because you had food on the ground, out in the open, and while you were gone, he stole some, or yep. she stole some, yep. and then later she came back because she easy food. food source. She laid as still as possible. The bear eventually left her and sniffed around the other sleeping bags. Then the bear approached Coons. She woke up and screamed. What happened next was a frenzied mess of terror. The four friends shot out of their bags, one with squirt and toe, and climbed up the trees. Stupid! Dunn said he yelled for Coons to get out of her bag and climb a tree too. Coons was said to have yelled back that her zipper was stuck, that the bear was tearing her arm off, and then finally quoted, Oh my god, I'm dead. From the trees, Coons' friends screamed and yelled, hoping to scare the bear off. But Coons had spoken her final words, and Dunn saw the bear drag her away. Damn it. The four survivors remained in the trees for more than two hours. At dawn, they came down and ran for the nearest ranger station. That's when Guildhart and Lana responded and discovered that her mauled body about 100 yards from the campsite. Jeez. Dunn told AP he had thought maybe Coons' scream aggravated the bear. Some of the guessed that the lightning and fire had the bear stirred up and defensive. Others speculated, given the nature of one of her injuries, that the bear might have been attracted to Coons because she was menstruating. Gildart and Landa stayed in the valley to give any hikers they found an armed escort out of the backcountry. Then they were sent back to Trout Lake with others to shoot any bear they found. There was no luck on their first day. See, now that's what I'm talking about. Shoot any bear. Yeah. And just so people who, in case we didn't mention it, Guild and Landa were uh, park rangers who were working there at the time. Yeah, but jeez, man. But the next morning, Guild, Guildart went outside the ranger station they were staying in and saw a bear standing about 30 feet away. The grizzly raised up and looked out over the bank of the lake. Guildart yelled back to Landa and said to get the rifles. The bear started moving towards us, he said. We shot it. It was unusual behavior. Normally the bears I've encountered in the wild, and there have been a lot of them now, they always seem to run. They don't want anything to do with people. A forensic expert was flown to Trout Lake to inspect the sow and determine if Gildart had, in fact, shot the bear responsible for Coon's death. Gildart has said he sliced open the stomach and a big ball of blonde hair came tumbling out, Gildart said. Yipe. It was determined on the spot that this bear had glass embedded in its teeth. So here you have a bear with difficulty chewing and eating in the first place as well as a bear that was horribly emaciated or run down. It couldn't eat. It weighed slightly over 200 pounds. It wasn't a big bear at all, and it was about 20 years old, an emaciated sow. That's the reason why it probably fed on the girl. Just easy. Yeah. Easy prey. Yeah, it was It was sick. It had glass in its, in its uh, gums, so it couldn't really had trouble eating, so it went for easy prey. But I ain't going for that excuse either because they still left food out and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they were still stupid. Again, it was people. Yeah. Eventually, the National Park Service and many others concluded garbage habituated the bears to humans. With two deaths and public backlash, the agency drastically revamped its food storage, garbage, and bear management policies. You think? Many of these changes remain to this day, protecting the park's wildlife and millions of visitors. Protections and reverence for grizzlies has helped populations expand, even bringing talk of delisting the animals from the Endangered Species Act. Although, such a move remains highly controversial. Man... Yeah, and I mean, I just that 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 to me sounds like the making of like a horror movie. And actually, I believe it was the I think the Night of the Grizzlies is actually a movie, and I think they based it loosely on some of these events. Okay, 
Do right. I know that absolutely for sure? No, no. but it was in the woods of, of the Northwest. The movie took place, and it was about bear attacks, of course. Yeah. I'm, Grizzlies. I'm, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I think I may have heard of a movie being called Night of the Grizzlies. I mean, that sounds like a movie title. It's there. You know? No, so, it is. Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's a crazy story, man. That's, that's that scary. Is Horrible story on both parts. Uh, it's horrible in all aspects. It's horrible on the part of the, the people and their families. It's horrible on the part of the bears because the bears, you know, the bears had no say in what happened. They they just do what they were doing. Yeah, I don't like to say, I don't want to be sound too harsh and judgmental of humans, but I am mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this. People know better. Um, well, and you say people know better, but people don't know better because it's still happening today. I, I mean, guess just, not. Just months ago, before the whole lockdown, there was a story of that woman that was gored by a bison because she got up close to it, take a picture of it, well, Yellowstone. Yeah. So people are still doing stupid shit. And they're saying, oh, the bear attacked this, that, and the other. Yeah. The bear is, is, is mad or crazy. No, the bear is just being a bear. Yeah. Or the wolf is just being a wolf. Mountain right. lion is just being a mountain lion. Yeah. Problem is we are intruding too far into their territory and not respecting them enough, and uh, altering gonna, their habitat. They're gonna do what you know. Do. We're we're taking away the forest in a lot of places. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're invading their turf, so they have no choice. They're gonna wander into human areas, and it's not fair that some of them lose their lives yeah. due to sad. stupidity. It's it's real sad. I hate it. But you know who does have a choice? Who's that? Our listeners, they can choose to go and follow us at all of our social media outlets, outlets and um, and uh, other places. Why don't you tell them where they can find us, James? Why don't I do that? All right, folks. You can find us on the fourthhand.com media network along with our sister project, What to Suck, along with several other shows with lots of good people there as well. We are on the Big Evil Facebook. We are on Instagram. And we are on Twitter. And like Chris mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are now on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash state of fear. All one word. Yep. Go find us there. Go check out the extra stuff. We have I'll bonus post, content going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm going to post all the information, and we will get that bonus content rolling. And, yeah. And uh, don't forget, we have the giveaway going on, so just give us a review. Send us a copy through our email, stateoffearpodcast at gmail.com, and we will get you a X-Files postcard sent out to you. And keep an eye out for other possible giveaways coming in the near future absolutely we've also are asking that any of our listeners from any state if you have a personal encounter of the strange macabre ufo bigfoot whatever it may be if you can email them to the to us at state of fear podcast at gmail.com make them about five to ten minutes Uh, if they're a little bit longer than it's okay just contact us let us know we'll arrange for some other way to get the file from you yeah uh, just record your name. You don't have to give your last name. The state that it happened in, uh, the, the time frame it happened time in. Frame. Now, it does not have to be in a state that we've either, you know, we're looking for ones for states we haven't done yet. Yeah, but I, I, if just whatever state doesn't matter. I, I think you're trying to make it too complicated. Just any state, <laughs> any state doesn't matter. If, if we, if you're listening to this now and yeah. the first time you're hearing this and this is Montana, which, First of all, you've got like 26 other episodes to go back and listen to. So go listen to those first. Um, but it's, it's just the first time you're listening and you're like, oh, man, I live in Iowa, but uh, you're in Montana already. Send it to us anyway. We're gonna yep. we're going back around. There's we Every state has a ton of stories. That is correct. A ton of stuff happens. So we're going back around. So send us your stories. 
We will get them into the state if we've already gone through it again once we come back around. Also, we are looking for local bands. There you go. If you want to, uh, if you want to submit your music for us to play on our episode, we would love to do that. We've we've already had about six or seven people reach out to us and and send us great music that we cannot wait to play on the podcast. Um, but we want local bands from every state. Yep. We want you to represent your state. Send us your great music, and we will we will play it on an episode, and we will give you full credit for it. All right, James. Well, I'm ready to move on to the next state. How about you? Yes, sir. What do you say we get on down the road? Let's do it, man. We'll yes, catch sir. you all next time. listening to a fourth hand joint there are so many reasons not to skip breakfast so many savory mouth-watering tasty delicious beyond all belief reasons actually that last one was pretty convincing stop by for a mcdonald's breakfast mix and match a sausage biscuit sausage mcmuffin sausage burrito or hash browns any two for just two bucks Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hey there, this is Erica Kelly, host of Southern Fried True Crime. I cover contemporary and historical cases, and I love listener suggestions. And like any good gossip, I'm interested in anyone and anything. Come join me as I explore the dark underbelly of the Deep South. I'm a one-woman show in a narrative format, kind of like sitting by the fire and listening to a story. So pull up a chair and subscribe if you're interested. I'd love to have you. You can find me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for Southern Fried True Crime. Until then, y'all take care.